Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. We've recently received an email from a listener that wanted us to talk about pursuing a career different from what you did in the military. According to a study from Syracuse University, more than 50% of veterans have a desire to pursue a different career from what they did in the military. Sometimes job seekers struggle to do this because they think they lack the transferable skills. In this podcast, I'll talk with Mike Wood, Orion's Southeast Recruiting Manager. Mike will talk about how identifying your key strengths, knowing the drivers in your career search, and focusing on accomplishments can help you get the job you want. If you're listening to this show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. We'd love to get your feedback, so make sure you give us a rating. If you have any questions about this podcast or ideas for a future show, send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hey, Mike, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for having me again. Of course. So we recently received an email from a listener that suggested that we talk a little bit about transitioning out of the military into a different career than what you have experience with. And I think this is something that people struggle with, whether they're coming straight out of the military or even if they've always been in the civilian sector and maybe they feel like they're in a rut and looking for a career change. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, how can you network and how can you sell yourself to get a job that's in something different than maybe what you have that experience in. I know that there's a lot of sites and resources available that translate your military experience based on your MOS, but, um, you know, just kind of based on your experience from candidates that you talk to, how often do you think it is that it is that a candidate might want to pursue something different than what they did in the military? Yeah, it's very frequent. I, I don't really have a good percentage to tell you, but I can give you a personal example. I was a uh, supply officer in the Marine Corps. Uh, the way the Marine Corps assigns MOS is, is you know, not necessarily by your preference per se. So uh, it wasn't my choice, but you know, I made it made it work. You know, learned from it, et cetera. But when I started to transition, I really wanted to do something a little bit different. You know, I, I was more of a um, you know outgoing individual. I wanted to you know, be out and about as much as possible. So I started to look for opportunities to find different types of roles that I could use my skills in. And I see a lot of veterans every day that uh, that are do- looking to do the same thing, whether they're a communications uh, individual that really doesn't want to pursue the IT route, or more commonly, some of our listeners may uh, struggle with this, they're a combat arms professional that doesn't really understand how their background translates to the private sector. So we, we see uh, we see that on a very regular basis. Mm-hmm. And Mike, just you gave that personal example. What did you say that your occupation was in the military? Yeah, so I was a supply officer. I was uh, responsible in the Marine Corps in particular. I was responsible for the budgeting side of our unit. I was also responsible for the acquisitions and procurement of uh, products, supplies, maintenance parts for our unit. And then finally, the uh, accountability of our equipment and property. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, being a recruiter, you mentioned it was because you're outgoing and you kind of wanted to find something that would be in line with that and maybe fit your personality a little bit better. So did you find that it was hard when you were coming out of the military to um, maybe even conceptualize, okay, what would be a good fit for me and how do I go about finding that career? At first, absolutely. So, you know, I just use these examples when I'm working with an individual to prepare for an interview at a conference or something like that. And I showed up at a hiring conference with Orion and I was like, okay, I want to interview for distribution jobs because 
that's what I have experience in. But as I started to see some of the other opportunities that were coming to uh, coming to fruition, whether it be through Orion or other sources that I was working with, I realized there were other things that interested me more. And so, uh, so with that, you know, starting to get that that picture painted for me by recruiters, by peers, folks that you know had other ideas, it helped me start to learn, you know, what else was out there. So really, I would say that the primary thing that helped me figure out where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do was exposure and just seeing some of those different options available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's a good thing to keep in mind because one of the things that I was kind of thinking in terms of, you know, when you want to pursue a different career path, the one thing that would come to my mind would be networking. So talking to people who are in those roles that may be something similar that you want to, maybe they're in the industry that you want to join, or if they're not in that industry, even speaking with a recruiter, because maybe they're not in that industry, but they have extensive knowledge about it. So they can help you and educate you and really figure out if that is the right fit for you. 100%. I'm sure that we have uh, quite a bit of folks out there that are networking aggressively, whether it be through LinkedIn or their peers. And that is absolutely the way to go to learn about things. Some people, whether they're a close friend or, or, you know, maybe two or three points removed, would be glad to sit down with you and do informational interviews, teach you about their industry, teach you about their career field, uh, so that you can make a decision on, is that the type of career path you want to pursue. So getting that word out there that you're looking to learn, being humble from a job seeker perspective, uh, absolutely can help you open up some new doors to other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe sometimes you don't even have the skills that would be necessary to pursue that role. So maybe that's where it comes to um, leveraging resources that are available to you, whether it's the GI Bill so that you can enroll and get a degree or maybe get an advanced degree or something that's going to set you up for more success in that area. Absolutely. There's a ton of resources out there that are available, uh, ranging from the GI Bill that you mentioned to, uh, you know, just the online courses that some of our uh, colleges are offering to veterans to gain experience or gain training in Six Sigma, the professional uh, the project management professional certification and things of that sort. Now, all of those can be helpful, whether it be to qualify for a position, whether it be to learn about a career field and expand your, your ideas of what could be out there for you, or whether at a minimum, it could be just to learn the lingo of the industry that you're trying to pursue. So there's definitely a lot of valuable resources out there for folks. Yeah, that's definitely good to know. And so I think, you know, if if I'm putting myself in the shoes of a transitioning veteran and, you know, you're coming out, you already have possibly a little bit anxiety and uncertainty around where to get started. I would think that would be a little bit heightened if you are looking to do something completely different from what you did in the military, because you're not only now having to sell yourself into a civilian career, you're having to sell yourself into something different from what you did. So you might think, okay, how do, where do I start? Um, so I think one of the things that's just basically, you know, good old fashioned transition prep things that you work on with candidates every day is building their resume and making sure that they're highlighting things that could be a transferable skill or at least maybe even a soft skill. Do you have any um, tips around the, you know, building your resume in order to sell yourself when you're looking for a different career? Definitely. So first, I'll start with the conversation that I have with the job seeker that may translate to that resume you're referring to. I'll often ask an individual to tell me about themselves. 
and they'll walk me through their military background. They'll talk about the positions in the MOS that they had. And then I, I stop them at the end and I say, okay, you know, now let's talk about your strengths because strengths are not MOS dependent. You may be a supply officer that, you know, prefers not to work analytically and prefers not to be that uh, detail-oriented individual. You may be an infantry officer that you know, is very compassionate and, you know, wants to be, uh, you know, helping people in a, in a social environment or something of that sort. So it, you can't typecast people. So tell me about your skill set. Tell me about your strengths. And so once they tell me about that, that can help them reflect in their resume what they're best at. And then along with that, I would recommend that in their resume, they highlight their achievements no matter what their MOS was, no matter what their skills were. Because if you're consistently a top performer, hiring managers are going to take note of that. They're going to want to interview you. They're going to realize that you're thrown into various situations and you grow where you're planted. So that track record of top performance is something you should absolutely highlight. So between you know, that combination of your key strengths, no matter MOS dependent or not, and that track record of performance, that can help you position your resume in a way where it can you know, t you know, make that hiring manager take a chance on you, even though you may not necessarily have that uh, five years of experience in that field. Mm -hmm. So just kind of going into what you said, so I'm thinking as a takeaway, we're going to maybe focus more on strengths and accomplishments versus you know, a list by list um, kind of here's my experience, like what you would normally think of for a resume, like I did the following five things in this particular role. Well, instead of focusing on that, you're going to focus more on your strengths and also where you think that that could take you in a future career. You're absolutely right. And the way that I advise that you build your resume is that you have two to three sentences that describe the responsibility of the position or the the, the different uh, roles that you had in that position, but then your bullets should be achievement-based. They should be, you know, those accomplishments that you've had, and you should highlight those strengths and those rankings and those uh, percentages and all those things in those bullets. Because again, if you want to transcend your MOS, if you want to apply for a marketing position, though you may be a financial management officer, you, you need to show that manager that this is a top performer. You should want this this uh, this individual on your team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what about, um, that's kind of the resume to get them in the door. So what kind of advice do you give to candidates when they're going into the interview? Because I imagine there's a lot of nerves involved when you're, you know, switching careers. So maybe is there any specific advice that you have for those types of candidates when they're in that interview environment? Yeah, the first thing is you've got to understand the role you're interviewing for. So you mentioned earlier networking and you know, educational resources and things like that to learn about the field. That helps you when you read that job description and you prepare for that interview to understand what they're asking you to do. You, you have to know that, right? So then the next step is then being able to connect the dots between your skills, between your achievements, and that role. Now, picture it like a Venn diagram. Maybe the position requires 10 different skills and your strengths, you have, you know, maybe uh, five skills that overlap with that and these other skills that are not applicable. Where that overlaps in the middle is where you have to focus your conversation. It does no good to go in there and uh, to talk about a experience or skill set that you have that is irrelevant for the role. Focus in on the experiences that are, you know, relevant, that are impressive and that will 
make it clear to that manager that you know, you're going to come in and you're going to do a great job for them. So knowing the role and knowing your background, that leads you to connect the dots in the middle, like I described. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to something that we're always um, getting across to candidates in these podcasts, especially when it's related to the interview, is just making sure that you're doing that research on yourself. So I imagine with, you know, this topic where we're talking about changing to an entirely different career path, that's even more important than it, than it would be in any other situation because you have to make sure that you know exactly what they're looking for and you know exactly what you have that can be applicable to that situation in that particular job. Right, and you need to have confidence too. Remember I mentioned that maybe the job requires 10 skills and you have five of them. Some people will look at that as glass half empty, right? And they'll say, I'm not a fit for this role. Focus on how you are a fit. And so if you get the opportunity to meet with that manager, to, to talk to them about the opportunity that they have at their company, focus on what you can do for them, not on what you, you don't have or you can't do for them, because every manager knows that there's going to be a learning curve when they're looking to hire a veteran. They're interested because they're, uh, they're looking for the intangibles as well. So if there's you know, that overlap there where you can provide value to them, they'll be interested in talking with you further. So have that confidence when you sit down. You know, one of the career paths that kind of comes to mind immediately for me, because we've done a podcast in it, about it in the past, is sales. Because I know that a lot of candidates, when they're transitioning off of active duty, they would not think of immediately of sales as something that they should go into, which in reality, we know that military candidates are a great fit for sales roles. So are there any other career paths that you've come across um, just as a recruiter or maybe even something that you saw when you were transitioning out of the military that doesn't maybe seem like it directly relates to a military background, but we know that there are great options for military candidates. You know, they're the core competencies that we see on a regular basis. And when I say that, I mean things that we recruit for regularly that I still run into folks every day that are skeptical of whether or not they're a fit for those types of roles. For example, you know, you and I recently spoke about residential construction. I'll often hear, I don't have construction experience, uh, or in manufacturing, they'll see a position description that says five years of manufacturing experience, and so they required, I mean, so then they'll say that I'm not qualified for that position. So all of those roles are still very feasible for the job seeker that's transitioning from the military, because, um, you know, they, again, they have that correlation of individual skills that may be relevant, and understand when a company says that, you know, you need five years of manufacturing experience. Well, maybe you don't have that, but do you have five years of leadership experience? Because manufacturing is very, you know, leadership intensive. So we run into that every day. Uh, now, we also run into some of the more uh, challenging areas that maybe we're not uh, subject matter experts in. You know, I think the article that you and I recently read uh, was about you know, video game design. So I am working with a candidate right now that that is that individual's focus. You know, that's what they're looking for. Um, that's not something that I'm probably going to see on a regular basis, but at the same time, uh, they're, what they're doing is they're looking at, well, why, do I, why am I interested in the field? Why is it a passion? And what can I do to improve my skill set for that, like we spoke about earlier? So, uh, so we've seen those individuals make that transition into those more, um, you know, I guess, smaller volume of fields that we don't see as a regular. So it's very common to run into uh, that challenge as you transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you mentioned um, the 
article that we had kind of looked at in preparation for this. It was on military.com and it even referenced someone who wanted to be a video game developer or the email that I got from a listener that kind of sparked the idea for this podcast who um, was a Navy nuke and wanted to be a actuary. It's kind of like, you know, while we don't, those aren't necessarily mainstream Orion positions, ones that we typically help candidates with. I mean, they just, there aren't as many, they're not as abundant as a lot of the other roles that we see. Um, I think the advice though is still the same in terms of finding the transferable skills, finding what you're passionate about, and then making it happen, whether it's through um, networking or updating your resume and just making sure that you are, um, I think really just, you know, updating your entire, making sure that everything represents where you want to go versus, um, you know, continuing to look at what you've done in the past. So that's another thing actually that leads me to the next thing that I want to talk about is just, you know, a lot of what we do nowadays with job searching is online. So if you're going to update your resume and make sure that it's highlighting where you want to go with your new career change, I assume that means that you've got to make sure that your online presence um, mirrors that so that if a hiring manager or recruiter finds you online, your LinkedIn doesn't say something entirely different and it doesn't, you know, tell the same story that your resume is telling. Yeah, absolutely. It all has to be in line. But of course, remember that should only be in the circumstance that we're referring to where we're talking about a very specific focus. So let's say, for example, that actuarial type background, if that's where you're trying to go, everything needs to be in line for that. But many of us, as we transition from the military, we know we what we don't want to do, but we don't necessarily know what we do want to do. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you still need to keep it a little bit more general and maybe focus in on your leadership skill sets, that track record of performance, the things that people expect from military veterans, uh, because that will still put you in a position where you're representing yourself as an achiever and as a performer, but you're not pigeonholing yourself so much that uh, you miss out on opportunities you may not be aware of yet. Mm -hmm. Yep, I think that's great advice. And then, you know, just overall, is there any advice that you have for candidates? Because you did just mention a lot of times when candidates aren't transitioning out of the military, they don't necessarily know what they want to do, but they know what they don't want to do. But I know we've also talked in the past um, where you might think you don't want to do something, but it's always nice to keep an open mind um, as well, because maybe you didn't think that a career in sales or a career in you know, residential construction, like you mentioned earlier, maybe you didn't think that that was something that you would want to do. However, have, having an open mind about it and hearing more about the industry, you really might change your mind. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have options out there for sure. Um, uh, again, you know, what you don't want to do, I guess what I'm referring to more are those uh, individuals that are you know, we're referring to that are very specific. They want to be mm -hmm. an actuary, but but not be in any other type of field. Right. But uh, but you're absolutely right. For those of us that are a bit more you know, exploratory in this process, trying to find things out, I, again, I think it stays the same advice: is uh, focus on that track record of performance. Focus on you know, your key skills and and hear what people have to say. Learn about it. And as you start to find your path and start to determine what you are interested in. That may narrow your scope as you go, but uh, when you're just getting started, it's good to have a very wide open aperture. Mm -hmm. Yep, and you know, if you're just getting started, another thing is I think most people that are listening to this podcast are familiar with 
Orion services in the hiring conferences that we have, but that's definitely a good resource to use um, to just kind of get yourself some exposure to lots of different companies and industries and um, do it all at once. So it's kind of like a crash course and interviewing, um, education, all of that. So I think that's always a good thing to keep in mind too if you are about to transition. Absolutely. You know, I just thought of an example when you uh, asked me the question of folks wanting to make a career change. And this is actually the most common example. So it's, it's interesting that it just hit me. Um, human resources. So mm -hmm. in the military, you know, we're all leaders of some sort, whether you're leading a team of three or you're leading, you know, a, a battalion of 900. So often that is, uh, you know, tied to human resources because in the military that first sergeant is dealing with pay, is dealing with, you know, everything ranging from, um, you know, problems, you know, those challenges that people face, you know, through operational type, you know, management responsibilities. So understand that with that career change, and the, the main thing I wanted to emphasize with this is that in some of these changes, you can absolutely make them. If you want to pursue something like human resources coming out of the military with an infantry background, the challenge is you may need to be more flexible on responsibility level and pay because in the in the private sector, those positions will be viewed as subject matter expert roles that the manager of that team needs to have certain certifications, certain years of experience in the civilian field. Uh, so you may have to take take more of a step back than you're you're uh, you're going to need to take for a leadership role say in manufacturing, construction, and those other fields we spoke about. So uh, I just wanted to share that real quick because that is probably the most common example that I hear is that folks want to move into human resources. Yeah, that's interesting because I actually hadn't thought of that one as an example. But so are you saying then for that, if say you wanted to transition into human resources to keep an open mind about the opportunity and the potential there versus what you would initially start out as, because maybe you would start at um, more of a leadership-focused role if you were to go into a different industry that maybe has um, more of the direct transferable skills. Exactly. So um, for a human resources role, you know, maybe they hire you in at uh, two steps below the current responsibility level that you have in the military, just for example. But you may be able to move into a manufacturing role at a peer-to-peer -peer type level, so a lateral transfer. So, uh, of course, all of that's just, you know, uh, ideas, you know, theoretical, right? But the key is that a lot of times when you're, you're trying to move into that subject matter expert field, whether it be human resources or marketing or finance, if you if you haven't been working in that field for four years, eight years, however long you've been in the service, they may be willing to take a chance on you because of everything we've already spoken about, but they may not take a chance on you at that platoon leader level or that uh, platoon sergeant level. It may be more of you know, starting over again and taking that step mm -hmm. back. So just some things to think about with some of those career fields. And uh, the better you can prepare, the better you can get your, your training certification and network, all the things we talked about earlier, uh, the more that you can you know, help fight that step back. Yeah, and you know, I think, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think that this is something that is limited to a military service member who's transitioning, because I do think that there are a lot of people in the civilian workforce that want to do something different and are seeking a different, um, that are seeking a career change. And so it's kind of the same for them where, 
it's not like you are immediately going to jump in and necessarily get the exact career you want. If there's more of a learning curve, maybe you do need to start out and work your way up. So it's not as though it's something specific to um, veterans. It's something that really, that's kind of across the board. If you're switching into a different industry or career field, you kind of have to expect that. So really at that point, it comes down to, am I passionate about this role? Is this what I want to do? Or would I be willing to take a different role where I automatically had um, more experience and more leadership capabilities, possibly making more money, but isn't what I'm as passionate about. So I think it would kind of come down to um, a little bit of, you know, introspection there to figure out what you want to do. Agreed wholeheartedly. Do you find that many candidates that you work with are flexible in terms of if it's something that they're passionate about, they are willing to um, maybe take a little bit less responsibilities, maybe slightly lower pay in order to get their foot in the door? The way you ask that question, it's hard for me to answer. Um, you know, it's very case by case dependent. Often I'll ask individuals to rank out their key priorities you know, and I'll give them a few choices if they don't have some right to, at the top of their mind. And some of those choices will be, you know, compensation, location, a growth potential, maybe certain industry they want to be in or certain type of position. And most people are going to have growth and location in the top three, some way, shape or form, but it'll be pretty broad on the compensation piece. Some people, it's just not what motivates them. They're motivated more by job satisfaction and other factors or the, the you know, the industry, you know, the position, if it's something they're super passionate about. Others, you know, they are completely motivated by the compensation piece. They view that as why they work. So, uh, mm -hmm. so it can be, uh, it's a tricky topic for sure. So that's the, the part of the role, I guess I should say, of the Orion recruiter is to understand what motivates you and how you're making these decisions. And also keep in mind that that may change during the course of this job search. So we ask that you keep us in the loop on that. But, uh, but if your motivation is going to be compensation, then we're going to focus on how can we present leads to you that most directly utilize the skill set you have and can maximize your earning potential. Or conversely, if your motivation is a certain industry, we'll talk with you about the salaries that we expect in that industry to make sure you're prepared for that if uh, it's going to change you know, your standard of living in some way. No, I think that's a really good point, Mike, is just your motivation. I mean, if, we're, if someone comes out and says to you, um, my number one motivation now is that I want to make as much money as I can. So then maybe in that case, you would tell them, okay, well, here's um, a couple of sales opportunities and things that, you know, have uncapped commission, whatever the case may be, you might send them that way. But if they come out and say, um, you know, I really want to help people and I want, and they have like a, you know, laundry list of other, I guess, um, drivers in their career starts that have nothing to do with compensation. So in that case, it's more of a passion. I have a passion for doing this versus um, I want to make more money. So that would definitely change the types of opportunities that you're presenting to them. And I'm sure that happens all the time. Absolutely. So it's important that anybody listening to the podcast that hasn't had that type of conversation with their recruiter uh, to, uh, to make sure they do. That way uh, we can understand how you're looking at job opportunities when we send them your way. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think, you know, using your recruiter as someone to bounce ideas off of and make sure that they know what you're looking for. And also just, I know that the, 
military is such a grassroots community. And, you know, when we talked earlier about networking, you may as well leverage your network of, you know, military friends and figure out what did they do when they left the service, if they have the same type of background that you have. Um, you know, there's a good chance that some of them did something that is directly transferable and maybe some of them went an entirely different direction. So using your network there could also help you decide what direction to go. Yep, I'd agree. All right. Well, Mike, do you have any other advice for a candidate that's leaving active duty that is looking to pursue a career that's different from what they're doing in the military? Yeah, just just to recap everything we discussed, because I think that, you know, you and I had a good conversation on this, but, you know, maybe uh, we talked enough that some of the key points, you know, have uh, need to be, or excuse me, need to be recapped. Definitely know your key skills, know your strengths, make sure that, you know, you um, understand what's important to you, those drivers that we're referring to. And then when you review a job opportunity, know how your background connects with that and focus on that. And then uh, finally, always present yourself as a top performer, no matter what you've done. If it was in supply, communications, you know, combat arms field, if you're a top performer, managers will take notice. So I think those key things are, are uh, the, the advice recap to make sure we're clear. All right, perfect. Well, thank you very much, Mike. Yep, no, thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.